My name is Luke, and this is the Cloud English Podcast, live from a car. Because say the car. It's January, no, it's February, could be the 3rd, sounds about right. February 3rd, 2031, and... What happened is, uh, so I was getting all set up for today. We do this live, right? And then I heard a lot of wind. I heard I heard the sounds of strong wind hitting the side of the house. And shortly thereafter, my Wi-Fi went down. And then it went up, and then it went down. And then it went up, and then it went down. And I thought, hmm, uh-oh. Perhaps this could be an issue for the podcast. I had everything planned. We were going to be talking about mistakes and how you can correct mistakes and how you can specifically uh, fix things like using commas incorrectly. Anyway, I had a whole thing. It was, we'll do that next week. But I thought at least I could go live for a while and answer any questions. So if you have questions about anything, whether that's culture, idioms, phrases, grammar, pronunciation, uh, recipes, uh, weather, whatever, I'll do my best to answer. I see we have some people joining. I hope my Wi-Fi is going to be okay. If it's not, I'm not on Wi-Fi, sorry. My signal will be okay. I'm in the park. I drove, to, there's a park near my house. So I drove there. I am there. And so we'll see how it goes. I'm sitting in the car. The car is on because I want the heat because it's extremely cold today. Outrageously cold. Unbelievably cold. What are these filters for? Do any of these filters make me more beautiful? Uh, oh no. Uh-oh. Glamour? Mmm, smoothing. Beam, normal. I think normal is probably good, right? Actually, I like the contrast of that one. That's not too bad. It just increases the contrast. Makes my blue hat even more blue. So we'll see how it goes um, with the questions. I know that we're kind of live at an unusual time. But if we get some good questions, we can talk through that stuff. Uh, otherwise, well, then not. <laughs> it is up to you. Uh, a few things I can mention. So if you want to get a free English course, you can do that in the links in, in the description. The free course, Natural English Conversations, is an hour long and covers all the things you need to have a natural English conversations. It is free. You can sign up for that. We also have a Discord that you can join for free. This is an English learning community, mostly where people are talking, chatting, and, you know, not everyone's active, and I wish they were, but those who are active are really engaged, and I'm very active there. Um, right now we're having a debate about ancient civilizations, which is one of my favorite topics these days. So it's very interesting. And so I would say it's not like a, one of those places where you know, we have a program for you. Here you are, well, here's what you're learning today. It's not like that. It's just a place for people to be, to hang out and to chat about things if they choose to. And if they don't, I would wonder why they joined then but still, fair enough. Uh, so there's that. There's an airplane flying overhead. Um, what else? Oh yeah, like and subscribe. That would be appreciated. That's a great way to support the channel. And you can check out my full courses. Those are also in the links in the description, uh, either on my website www.lukepretty.com or on my other website www.cloudenglish.com they're different and you can check out the difference if you like uh, I think that's about it 
that's about it. Okay, let me see what we've got going on uh, in the chat. Okay, yeah. Oh, oh, I've got the filters open, so I'm not seeing anything. Are you sure you want to end live streaming? No, I don't want to end live streaming. I want to get rid of these, these filters. Well, what the heck? There we go. Okay. All right. All right. So we'll, you know, I'll give it a little, a little while, and we'll see. But this is a Q and A, right? And what that means is, if there's no Q, there's no A right? There's no Q, there's no A. So if you have questions, put those into the chat. And if there are no questions, we will go ahead and just end the stream. So basically, that's the deal, right? Normally, I have things planned, and I do have things planned, but I need to be sort of have my whole setup thing there in order to do that stuff. Um, so I saw a question. Are you married? Uh, yes, I am married. I have a beautiful wife. She's pregnant with a baby and that will be happening in July. Um, I only have one wife at the moment, which is, uh, which is fine. I'm okay with it. I can live with it. Hello, Luke and everyone. I have a question. I know the words roast and grill uh, are from cooking kitchen vocabulary but also have a non-literal meaning both related to criticizing oh that's a really good question so let me just read out jolman's question here hello luke and everyone i have a question i know the words roast and grill are from cooking kitchen vocabulary but also they have a non-literal meaning are both terms related to criticize? So there's an interesting thing with language in general that we take concepts that are usually more literal and then make new meanings of those words from the more literal, literal meanings uh, to apply them to more non-literal things. So, you know, if you say my heart that's my i'm talking about literally physically the thing in my chest but if i say the heart of the issue right or you got to the heart of it then we're being less literal if something is literal it means we're that's ex the thing i said is the thing i i mean <laughs> it's exactly what i'm talking about i'm talking about the actual heart i'm talking about the actual grill but then the non-literal things are taking some aspect of those, usually taking some aspect of those and essentially applying them in a new context with a new meaning, okay? So let's talk about then grill and roast. And I think it's interesting that you brought this up because they are usually both related to some kind of uh, pressure or it could be criticism, but in, in different ways. And I don't necessarily think that we could say it has some deep connection to the literal meanings. To grill something is usually to put it on a, a metal grate over flames and flip it back and forth like a steak or something like that that is grilling it directly on fire. Whereas roasting is in an oven, right? And it's usually cooked uh, over a longer period of time. There may be flames involved, but it's not sitting on, you know, it's not sitting on uh, something that's going to make grill marks. It's not sitting on a grill. Now, what about the non-literal uses of these? So if we say to roast someone, this is usually critiquing them for humorous effect. And this is a, a fairly modern usage, but you may have seen some of the famous Comedy Central roasts on YouTube. If you haven't seen any of those, I think it's worth checking out. A roast is when one person, right, gets made fun of uh, for a period of time by 
funny people, right? You can use it more broadly to say, you guys are just roasting me, is they're, they're uh, pointing out specific things about you critically, but usually the point is not just to be mean, although a lot of the jokes will be mean, usually the point is also to be funny. Jokes, right? So roasts, roasts, usually uh, a bunch of comedians doing that. But there's, I believe, one subreddit, it might be called Roast Me or something like that. Something about roasting. I can't remember exactly the name of the subreddit, but it's specifically dedicated to being roasted. So people will post a picture of themselves. It might be a stupid picture. And then they'll say, okay, roast me. And then people will just go crazy, <laughs> make fun of them, talk about their nose and everything about them. Some people like that kind of punishment, apparently. So what about then grilling? Grilling in the non-literal sense is tends to be used more for, let's say, interrogation. So interrogation would be when someone may have access to secrets, may have lied about something, may know something that they don't want to share, right? And so if you get grilled by your parents about why you got home at 2 a.m. and what you were doing and who you were with and if you took any drugs, then they're interrogating you. They're saying, okay, well, then what happened? And then after that, what did you do? And who were you with? Were you with Stacy? Who, who did you go there with? Who gave you that? Uh, why did you come home so late, right? So that's being grilled. But you could say that about the police too. I was grilled by the police for six hours about why I was parked in the park for an hour <laughs> or something like that. So I, again, I can't tell you exactly why one literal meaning connects to the non-literal, although we can get a sense of, you know, something being cooked. Uh, we can we can understand why why those words would be used. So look out for those different meanings of words where we have a literal meaning and a less literal meaning and all of the different ways those are used. Just note that you have to pay attention to the context to understand, for example, the difference between something like roast and grill, which as I said, is more like criticize for humorous effect and interrogate to get information. Hopefully that answers your question. It's actually a really good question. Uh, and if you guys haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, and get a free course in the links in the description. Used to doing that by now. Uh, Joelman, the J sound is like, okay, one second, I'll get to that. Hello, everyone. Hello, KGR and Gillen-san. Hello, hello. Uh, Joelman, I'll get to your question in one second. I have a question, please. What's the meaning of tourniquet? The name of a song by Evanescence. In the song, it goes, my God, my tourniquet. Is a tourniquet not a thing that's used in surgeries to stop blood flow? Or if you have a serious wound, you tie something tightly around your arm or leg to prevent blood from losing too much blood? I believe that's a tourniquet, if I'm not mistaken. And I think it can also be used for, you know, in drug consumption. People who do things like heroin would, would use that too, I think. I'm not familiar with the context of that in that song though. Uh, so I can't speak to that, not sure. Aida, Margo, hello, greetings from Caracas, Venezuela. Hello and greetings, welcome, welcome. Good to have you. Let me see if I can have a more stable position here for my, I'm using a Selfie stick? Is that, that's pretty good. That's better, right? That's pretty good. That's not bad. And I'm and this is the view that I've got here in the park. Mm -hmm. You can see it's a quiet day, not a lot of people here. Uh got a nice lake. 
very blue clouds. I mean, blue sky, not blue clouds, white clouds, idiot. What an idiot I am. Uh, okay, what was the question then about J? The J sound in my name is like in words like hell, hi, or hell. Thank you. Uh, I love your courses a lot. Thank you. Holman Jimenez. <laughs> is that right? Is that have I got it right? Is that correct? Yeah, it's an uh, it's not a bad view. Not a bad view. I come to this park for my walks. There are two great places to walk in where near where I live. One of them is uh, it's called the Rail Trail, and that one is this long thing that used to be a train line. And I think this is a popular trend to turn these abandoned train lines into walking trails. So they take out the rails and they pave it. And then they've got, um, uh, you know, some places to stop, maybe some exercise equipment along the way. Uh, this is uh, one, this, there's a really nice one near where I live. And then there's this park and they've got a path that goes around that the lake here. As you can see, right, and it goes around there, and that, that's a that's a nice place to uh, that's a nice place to walk. So welcome. I see we have more people joining. If you guys have questions about American culture, about uh, idioms or phrases or things you're struggling with with your English learning, advice you need on how to learn, uh, things that you've tried that aren't working for you, pronunciation. Uh, anything along those lines, you know, now's the time to ask. This is a dedicated Q&A. Q&A. But you know what's not, not such a nice view? That dumpster right there. That's not so nice, huh? Not so nice. Not so nice, that dumpster. All right. Um... Great, thanks for your video, you're welcome, my pleasure. Again, guys, this is a Q&A, so bring on the questions. My question is from KGR. How to overcome the intermediate plateau? I feel stuck in English and it seems like I've hit a wall. Any advice on that? What a beautiful question. What a great question. So you, you might, I like the term plateau. Plateau is something that goes up and then kind of flattens out. So when you start learning, what you find is, oh, you know what? This English business is not so bad. It's not so hard, right? You learn some words, you learn some vocabulary, you, you learn how to stick the words together with some grammar. You learn how to say things. Actually, English is one of the easiest languages to learn at a lower intermediate level, right? It is. And the reason it is, is because of how many people in the world speak it. If you have a rock that has many jagged edges and you roll it down the river <laughs> and it bumps into a bunch of other rocks, eventually it gets very smooth. And languages are very much like that. Languages smoke, spoken by... Sm smoking. <laughs> languages spoken by... Fewer people are more difficult and more complex, generally speaking. And languages spoken by more people, especially more different people from different backgrounds, tend to be simpler. Because as more people learn it, the language itself changes and it has this sort of smoothing effect where it grinds down those rough edges and things get, things get simpler. And that's definitely the case for English. So anyway, to this question of how do you overcome it, I call it the last mile problem. How do you overcome the last mile problem of being at a fairly decent intermediate level and then feeling like you can't make progress? I see two main issues for this, generally speaking. And the two main issues that I see are confidence, especially in how that is, um, let's say, 
put into practice and self-awareness. So I'll talk about each of those, right? Often the things that got you to that intermediate level, once you get there, aren't the things that are going to take you to the upper intermediate and advanced level. But the problem is that people tend to keep doing the same things and think that it's going to allow them to keep going. But the fact is, in order to keep going, you have to completely change what you're doing. So if you're learning vocabulary, if you're learning how to pronounce things, if you're learning basic grammar, you're studying that, and that got you to here, that's not gonna be the thing to continue doing a lot of to continue pushing yourself. So, because at some point you get what's called a point of diminishing returns, which is what a plateau is. So then you have to find the things that are going to challenge you. And the things that are going to challenge you depends on you, right, what your issues are. So you have to have an honest conversation with yourself about what you're struggling with, if it's speaking naturally, if you're struggling to speak naturally and have conversations and be very articulate, then okay, then you need to be practicing having more conversations. You need to be practicing maybe recording yourself. You need to be practicing those things which kind of scare you. The things which kind of scare you are the, are the, the indications for then what you should probably be doing next to push yourself, right? And self-awareness is a big one. So if you are not able to notice those weaknesses that you have, uh, maybe that's specific sounds, maybe that's catching improper tenses as you're speaking, maybe that's uh, maybe when you're speaking, you use the wrong articles all the time, or you always mix up prepositions. You're no longer catching those things or you're not able to catch those things because your self-awareness is not high enough. So then, okay, then you have to ask yourself first, is this an issue of self-awareness or do I actually not know what I should be working on? If you're able to identify those things in a recording and then listen back and say, oh, the preposition issue there, oh, grammar issue there then you have the ability to change your habits. If you don't notice anything, then it might be worth getting some outside feedback. So first thing, for example, you could get a teacher for a couple one-on-one -on -one lessons, not me, but they, can, they should be able to, if they're a good teacher, help you point out the 10 things that you need to work on most. You write down those 10 things. Use of prepositions. Okay. Tense mix-ups. Okay. A pronunciation that causes misunderstanding, specifically the PH sound, the TH sound, and the SH sound. Okay. Write those 10 things down, and then whenever you have the opportunity to speak, speak slowly, listen carefully to yourself, and if you hear any of those 10 things, stop, make a correction, and then start speaking again. Gradually then you will get into the habit of saying it correctly, but you can only do that first if you notice it. And if you don't even know it's there, then how can you notice it? So how can you expect to improve if you don't even know what the issues are, right? So first, figure out what the issues are, write them down, then start trying to reform those habits, catch yourself, and you'll start to develop this key self-awareness, which is going to be the next thing that can allow you to then keep, keep improving, to change the strategy at a certain point uh, and develop that self-awareness. And then that self-awareness is going to allow you to make better habits, get rid of bad habits. The other part I mentioned about this is confidence. So if you feel afraid to make mistakes and join a social situation or have a conversation or give a talk at work uh, or a presentation at work. These are things that you have to overcome in order to improve. So uh, in order to get comfortable making a presentation at work, you have to make presentations at work. <laughs> 
So you have to force yourself to do difficult, challenging things. And when you do that, those things will gradually get easier for you. So you have to just push yourself to do that, okay? So that would be a, just a general sense for how you can, how you can improve uh, if you feel like you aren't making any progress. The, the problem is you probably are just using an old playbook that got you to where you are and you need to update your playbook. And if you do that, I think you'll make progress, okay? Good question. Guys, if you haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. And also check out my full courses in the links in the description. And it's good to see that we have more people here. Andril, Jules from the Dominican Republic, Nuru Lockert. Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. I'm really glad to see you here and listen to your fluent accent from the best teacher here now. Oh, thank you so much. Jules says, I understand English, but sometimes there are some natives when they speak, so I don't catch them very well. Can you help me with the problem? Yeah, I can answer that problem, certainly. There's usually, there's a common answer to that one. Welcome to anyone new who has just joined. Uh, you like the expression, long time no see, but is it grammatically correct? Uh, well, I would say if it's, is it grammatically correct is not the right question to ask when you're talking about if something is natural, right? So, is long time no see technically correct English? No. <laughs> so, should you then use it? Yes. <laughs> Why? It's incorrect. Because correctness is not the thing that you should use to decide what to say. Because correctness, let's say grammatical correctness, is meant to help explain the language as it is, rather than dictate how the language is. In other words, here's the language, and then the grammar comes along to explain how it works, right? And then you have some people saying, well, that's not correct. But then when it comes to using the language, there are things that are perfectly normal and natural to say, which are technically not grammatically correct for many different reasons. Sometimes the reason is that there's an old way of saying something that nobody uses anymore. And so we've updated the grammar. So it's grammatically incorrect, but we still say it, right? Uh, and that happens all the time. Again, are you going to not say that because it's not grammatically correct? Well, native English speakers say it, so it's fine. So there's a difference between natural sounding and grammatically correct. I, I've heard, and I haven't researched this deeply, right? I've heard that long time no see is actually derived from Chinese. And it makes sense to me because it does follow Chinese grammar. So, hao jiu bu jian is this expression, which is long time no see, these words. And if you literally translate it, that's what you get. Long time no see. So, I believe that it's probably from Chinese. I, I haven't again, verified that, but it makes sense to me. Uh, the, the, in other words, the Chinese grammar makes more sense than the English grammar. So I would say, okay, probably, probably Chinese. And then we translate that and it became an expression. Expressions, common phrases, have no requirement to be grammatically correct or natural for any reason. They are said, they're used, people say them, and that's it. And there's no obligation for them to follow any rules. That's just what people say. Do people say long time no see? Absolutely. Do I say it? Absolutely. Does the best English speaker in the world say it? Absolutely. Okay, so I would say it's good to learn grammar and understand grammar, but never let grammar get in the way of speaking naturally. And that's, I think, an important thing to understand. 
If you say, I will only say grammatically correct things, you will soon find that there are not that many things to say. <laughs> I was recently asked this about writing. Someone said, I read somewhere that I'm not supposed to uh, use the words but or and in formal writing. You're not allowed to use the words but and and in, uh, let's say, professional level writing. So somewhere, at some point, someone wrote a, made some rule that said you can't use but and and, which I've never heard, I've never seen. If, it's hard to make a sentence sometimes without and, you need it. And so we get these wrapped up in these rules, but then we kind of realize, oh, someone's just making these rules up. <laughs> like the rule that you're not supposed to put a preposition at the end of the sentence, right? Where are you going to, right? Uh, where's my... Where's my phone at? Yeah, you could say, where's my phone? But people say, where's my phone at all the time? Is it okay? Yeah, because people use it all the time. So therefore it's okay. Some guy in the 19th century decided it wasn't. And so there are some people, maybe some English teachers walking around preaching this idea, which is, doesn't actually reflect the language. And I think it's the same exact deal for but and and in writing. Of course you can use but and and in writing. You, you should. <laughs> Maybe not too much all the time, but you should absolutely, right? Long time no see, absolutely. Okay, so I hope that answers the question. It's a good one, thanks a lot. By the way, guys, if you haven't already done so, I would really appreciate if you could hit the, if you could hit the like button, subscribe, follow, whatever and get a free course in the links in the description. Well, I'm leaving the car running because it's really cold. I don't know if you can hear it. Thanks for answering my question. Appreciate it a lot. Happy to help. Thank you for the question. It's a good one. Uh, I'm getting very hungry, actually. It's, uh, what time is it? What time is it? It's 1.40. I haven't eaten anything today. I need to eat. I need lunch. Welcome, new people. Hello. Greetings. Good to have you here. If you are just joining, why are we not in the studio? Because my internet went down then it came up again, then it went down, then it came up again, then it went down, then it came up again, then it went down. And I decided it wasn't worth it because it wasn't stable. It was unstable. So I decided, hey, I'll hop in the, the car. I'll drive to the park. I'll park. I'll leave the car running to keep myself warm and toasty. And I'll do the live podcast in the car. And that's the situation we find ourselves in, if you can imagine that. So, questions welcome. This is a Q&A. So, I wonder, I have a question. Does anyone live in there? Mm -hmm. Does, do you think anyone is living in that dumpster? Probably not. Uh, if you have questions about American idioms or culture or pronunciation, grammar, Phrases, recommendations for learning, book recommendations, movie recommendations, tools, habits, hacks, tricks, stacks, whatever. Now's the time. Now's the time. Okay, it's actually getting pretty toasty. I'm gonna turn it off for a second, for a few minutes, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Here's the other view. This is the road that we're on here. How's the sound quality, by the way? How's the video quality? I'm not seeing any warnings about slow internet or anything. How's, how's the quality? Is it good? Curious. I'm curious how the quality is. I used to stream from the city all the time. 
Then I stopped doing it because I didn't want to anymore. I stopped doing it because I didn't want to do it. But it's nice. It's actually nice to get out. Oot and boot. And, uh, uh, go live somewhere else. Kind of, kind of interesting. Um, it's too cold to walk around. I used to be crazy. I would go to the city in the middle of winter, walk around, harass people on the street, ask them questions, buy things, get coffee, do tours. I would do these live tours of the Brooklyn Bridge or uh, Times Square, or things like that. And um, it was fun, but I'm surprised that I did that because sometimes I would do it in, in the middle of winter crazy. I used to stream on another app, not YouTube, on a, uh, another live streaming app. When live streaming first got started, I was doing that. Sound and video are magnificent. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Good to hear. Very glad to hear that. It is peaceful. Quiet. No car honking. Nice. There are things I sometimes miss about living in the city, but things I don't miss. Um, I moved to the Hudson Valley a year ago, almost a year ago today. I, one year ago, I was frantically, probably the most stressful week of my entire life. Unbelievably stressful. Uh, just all of the moving stuff that was happening. There's a crazy snowstorm. We didn't know if we were going to get out on time. We had to get out of... So the situation was this. We were building a house, living in Queens, building a house in the Hudson Valley. It was delayed by months. So uh, we had to go back and forth... And in the meantime, we were buying all the stuff we needed for the house, right? So our apartment in Queens was like a warehouse. It was full of boxes of stuff that we had purchased that we would need when we moved in. We threw away probably 90% of our possessions, at least. At least 90%. I threw away so much stuff. I regret some of the stuff. I threw away too much stuff. But we just wanted a clean start, you know? Uh, and at the same time, though, you're going through this bank process, and it was around the holidays, so there are all kinds of delays, and one thing that we needed was this thing called an appraisal. And we had to make sure that the appraisal matched our purchase price. We had made some updates to the purchase price of the house, um, and so there was this process we had to go through with this appraisal. It was supposed to take three days, but it took three weeks. It was just sitting on someone's desk. So this whole thing was being held up by this stupid process that was supposed to happen in three days that took three weeks. My lawyer was messaging me, hey, what's going on? The builder was mes messaging me, hey, what's going on? My lawyer was messaging me about whether the house was going to be done on time because we had a date set and there that's important for them the timeline and the, they were messaging me about the thing that was supposed to go through with the with the bank and it was just crazy so it's very stressful i got these red red patches on my arms i was so stressed and uh and then then you know just not knowing when things are going to happen and I, oh and then Okay, so then I we had told our landlord, yes, we will be out by the end of January. 
we're leaving. So he's trying to arrange for the next tenant to move in. And we're getting close to the end of January. If we go over the last day of January, we have to pay an entire month of rent, which is expensive in New York City, extra for no reason, because everything was delayed. At that, and then we had these giant furniture orders. So we had ordered furniture during the pandemic. Things were so slow that it took, for example, seven months to get our sofa. Seven months. Seven months to make a sofa. Uh, four months for the bed. So we got this bed that was really heavy. And we knew once it was delivered that it would never, you can never move it again. It's, it's, it's like a, it weighs a million pounds. And so they had to schedule it or they were going to charge us a fee because they had been holding it for us. So we scheduled the delivery of the furniture before we had even signed the documents to move into the house. So we had furniture there in the house, taking delivery of the sofa and living room furniture, bedroom furniture. And we had, it wasn't even ours yet. <laughs> uh, so that was really stressful too. Uh, and finally got everything done. That's when the work began. I mean, a totally empty house. Now you have to move everything, set up the washer and the dryer. And uh, it was just absolute chaos. So I'm much more relaxed now. <laughs> that was insane. That was an insane period. Insane. Anyway, just a little about me. Uh, yeah, so Jules, the answer to your question is, yes, I think you need to find... Okay, so if you struggle to identify your issues, you need to... Get a one-on-one -on -one teacher. Just get three lessons. Ask them to listen to you and give you feedback about exactly what areas you're weak on. If they can't be specific, they're not a good teacher. Exactly what? Write down 10 things. Then, once a day, give yourself a topic to talk about. Talk about that for 15 minutes. Listen to the recording on your phone. Listen back to it. See if you can hear any of those 10 issues, whether that's pronunciation or what. Then do it again. Do it every day. And while at the same time, push yourself to do things that are scary. I don't know what those are for you. Presentations at work? Joining a meetup group? Um, participating in English conversations? I don't know what your situation is, but if there's anything that you find a little scary that make you nervous, do those things immediately. And I think that's that would be my roadmap for you. Do you understand Adele's accent? Yeah, yeah. Adele's just a... She's a British lady. I'm going to tell something interesting about me because I work in construction industry and I didn't take any courses to learn English language, but today I speak it in a fluent way because it's easy. I love that, Narula. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Amazing. I speak English well. I believe I'm able to understand native speakers, but sometimes when I speak, I realize it's going to be the same words or structures. What can I do? Okay, this is a great question. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this one. I'm going to take my hat off. What the heck? Look at this. What is going on here? Fix that a little bit. Right. So Pegaso says, I speak English well, I believe. I'm able to understand native speakers. But sometimes when I speak, I realize I tend to repeat the same words or the same structures. What can I do to better that? So, well, first you have to know variations, then you have to integrate them into your way of speaking. So I would say, I would first ask you, those structures that you use when you're speaking, do you use those because those are the only ones you know? Or do you use those because when you're thinking about what to say and you're in a conversation, they, those are the ones, they just don't quite occur to you, right? Now, if... 
you don't know them. You have to learn them. <laughs> Obvious. You just have to learn more sentence patterns. Don't think of it as grammar. Think of it as sentence patterns. There are many sentence patterns. One of the words we use to describe this to improve writing is syntax. We can say sentence patterns because it's just all the different ways that we can... Some are better for writing and better for speaking. This is where I can honestly recommend a course that's called English Sentence Patterns uh, or Master, it's Mas Master English Grammar, All English Sentence Patterns, I believe is the name. You can check that in the link in the description, cloudenglish.net. Honest to God, that is, I think, the only course out there that I've ever seen that doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to teach you grammar. I'm going to teach you patterns. I'm going to teach you all the different ways to structure your English, whether you're writing or speaking, right? So you need to learn them. Now, if your issue is that you know many of them, but you just can't think of them when you're speaking, that's a different thing. There, you have to do some practice, maybe some specific exercises to force yourself to get used to, to other ways of speaking. So there you might want to do some recording practice. I really like recording practice because it forces you to be objective, right? So you say to yourself, okay, here are five sentence patterns I want to be able to use naturally. I'm going to ask myself a question. I'm going to write down a question. Should be an open question, right? Uh, what world events do you think are going to happen in 2024, 2023, whatever? Then you, you spend 10 to 15 minutes answering that question and you try your best to integrate those patterns as you're speaking. Don't plan it though, because what you're trying to learn is to, to be able to use them spontaneously. So you have to get yourself into that habit, right? So you have them written down, but it's just the pattern. Now you have to figure out how to say what you want to say about, for example, what's going to happen next year you have to figure out how to say that with those patterns. That doesn't mean you only use them, but you want to make sure you include them as you're speaking. Speaking practice does not have to be with other people. Very powerful speaking practice is to sit down and record yourself. Audio is fine. Then go back and listen to it. Listen to it. Did you use them naturally? Did you use them correctly? Now do that every day for a week with the, that let's say those five or six patterns that you want to that you want to master and what you'll find is that in the future when you're speaking those patterns will be easier for you to use in conversation why is that well i thought i learned them well, there's a difference between learning and building habits when we speak we're not speaking based on what we know yeah i know a billion words but i don't use all of them we're speaking based on what we habitually do or habitual or what is, let's say, what is part of our habits, right? So you need to, you need to integrate it into your habits, do that the way that I described with that exercise. And I think you'll see, you'll see results. Now you could do the same thing for vocabulary. I would ask you again, do you know more words or are those the only words you know? A great tool is uh, the free dictionary. You can use that to explore synonyms and learn different vocabulary. Um, you know, I'm assuming that's not the main issue for you. I'm assuming the issue is that you just can't think of them when you're speaking, right? In that case, what you need to do is kind of the same thing. Write down 30 words that you'd like to use. Again, ask yourself an open question and see if you can integrate them. You're actively trying to do that. It's critical that you're not writing some pre-planned speech that completely uh, cancels out the advantage of this. You have to do it spontaneously. You're looking at the words, can you live figure out how to put them into sentences as you're speaking, right? Then listen back to it and give yourself some feedback. Uh, if you say, okay, I'm going to try to write those sentences, the, use those sentence patterns in writing, I'm going to try to use this new vocabulary in sentences I write down and then read them, no. 
that's not what you're practicing. You're practicing the ability to do it spontaneously, okay? That's the key. And shadowing specifically is for pronunciation, usually pronunciation only. So I hope that answers your question. It's a really good one. I think it's a really important question. And um, every exercise you do is meant to focus on a specific skill. And the ability to use language in the moment in a conversation requires you to practice that skill. And that's the best way I know to do it, okay? Start a YouTube channel. Maybe you can do that. <laughs> that's a big, maybe a, a too big of a challenge, but that would be one way. Uh, so hopefully that, that answers it. Thanks for the question. Good one. By the way, guys, if you haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, and get a free course in the links in the description. Okay, see if I missed any questions. Alex, welcome. Hello. Greetings one and all. Got some Russian I can't read there. Wish I could, unfortunately. Jules says, thank you, teacher. Uh, really happy, so I'll do it. Uh, if you're looking to identify your issues, uh, think of the uh, $100 that you'll spend on that teacher or however much you're going to spend. Think of that as a simple investment. And I don't think you need 100 lessons, just three. But you need to look at that teacher as a tool. Tell them what you want. Tell them. I want you to listen to me speaking. Ask me questions, I will speak. Then identify my issues, be specific. Tell me exactly what I need to work on, right? Pegaso, yeah, it's, I thought it was the second one. I, uh, usually the issue is not what you know, it's being able to use it in the moment. And I, I give this advice as a very personal advice because that's what I do. I am trying to use new words and structures all the time. I have the advantage of uh, uh, being able to do that sort of in a different way because I have a YouTube channel, I make courses, I do a lot of video stuff. So I'm always watching myself back, right? I'm always reviewing what I did. And it's such a powerful way to look at yourself objectively. Well, there's a guy there. If you feel uncomfortable, you'll get over it. I mean, it's fine. If you don't like how your voice sounds, you will get over it. You have to just push through that. But the ability to then see, wow, there's some things I don't like about how I speak and then correct those, uh, that it's such a powerful feedback loop. What I do is I will say, okay, here's a project I'm working on. Usually it's one or two things at a time. And I'm actively thinking about that as I'm talking. For a while, it was using too many thinking words. I found I was using um, uh, hmm, too much. I do it now sometimes, but not nearly as much. And I think now it's at a level that I find fairly acceptable. I I'm okay with it. There was an issue where I was breathing in a weird way, where I would talk too much and then I would exhaust my breath and then have to go like that because I was recovering from a rant <laughs> that I realized, okay, I need to pause more often and I need to, I need to take a breath in between and there's no rush and I need to just take it easy and slow down. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm working on a list of words that I want to start using more often when I'm speaking. And so I'll give myself a little project of, okay, I'm trying to find natural, natural ways to integrate these, these words into a video or something. And, and, and I'll do that. Um, so I, this is what I do. This is how I, I'm constantly working on this. This is not something that, you know, I'm just telling you to do randomly. This is my method. Exactly. Um, and it's worked pretty well. It's worked pretty well for me. All right. And shadowing Alex. So shadowing is a great tool, but it's not doing that because shadowing is you're not even thinking when you shadow. Your brain is off. In fact, the less you're thinking shadowing, the better. You're just following the sounds. And we said it was like the... <laughs> you're just copying the sounds. That's all you're doing. You're not activating your brain. You're working on your muscle memory and your ability to 
hear the difference between what you say and what you're hearing. I try to learn English just to watch U.S. movies, but one-man shows and sitcoms are hard to understand for me. Yeah, that can be tough. Yeah, I mean, especially... Um, the main reason is this. It's cultural references. I feel like I missed a question about that. So... Um, so... Where was that question about understanding... I missed one. Yeah, Jules' question. I understand English, but sometimes they're native when they speak, so I don't catch them very well. Can you please explain the problem? And then the question also from... Uh, And then the question also from Jillensen. Jillensen, okay, I try to learn English just to watch U.S. movies, but one-man shows and sitcoms are hard to understand. Again, well, not again. I say again because I say this all the time. I've said it many times. There are different levels to not understanding. Sometimes not understanding comes from uh, words being mushed together. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is that? What do you what what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> what is that? What is that? Right? That sort of thing where things get mushed together. That's less about speed and more about sounds being mushed together. So that's one reason it can be hard. But even sometimes when you have an articulate speaker native English speaker talking, you still don't understand. I hear every word. I hear all the sounds. I hear them, but they don't all make sense to me. What is that? Of course, there might be some new words. There might be some slang. There might be some idioms, right, that you don't know. Main reason is they're referencing things that you're not aware of. So it has nothing to do with the words and everything to do with the reference, right? Imagine if I came from another planet and I could speak perfect English. How much would you understand? Well, you would understand the, maybe the, the individual words I'm saying, right? But all of my experiences are from a completely different place, a completely alien place. And so when I say... Yeah, when I was a kid, we used to run up the Zargablund and we used to throw Blarbus and Blimbus across the the Klarm jar, right? Okay, so you say, okay, grammatically I got the sentence, but what the heck are you talking about? And the, so I'm saying things that you're, you, you, you don't know. You just don't know those things. You don't have access to those things. Now, those things that I said there, uh, you could learn them pretty quickly. You might be able to guess, okay, one of those might be a, like a mountain. One of them might be a lake or something. So that's one level, right? But then there are these things where it's a cultural idea, memory, reference to an event, or something like that. And then it's even more difficult. My favorite Star Trek episode, um, top five, is I strongly recommend it from Star Trek The Next Generation. It's called Darmok. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's really great. So, in Star Trek, they have this thing called the Universal Translator. So, any alien species they encounter, they understand what they're saying because the Universal Translator is, is translating for them. But they encounter this one species and they understand some individual words, but the universal translator can't handle it. And the reason is because it's not a language issue. It's a references issue. And so Captain Picard and this alien, they get trapped down on the surface together and they have to figure out how to communicate. And this 
alien always says Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra. So, okay, Darmok and Jalad. I know there are two, two things, and Jalad at, okay, that's a place. So I can understand there are two, perhaps two people, Darmok and Jalad, at, and then Tanagra must be some place or some event, right? So even that I can understand. But the issue is, I don't understand what you mean. Why are you saying that? Why did you say that? What? What, what is that? And it's so hard to understand because that is a reference to a myth about two characters. So this language of this alien race is based on memes. So everything that they say is a reference to something in their culture, which is such a cool idea, right? If I said something like... Uh, uh, Logan Paul, Logan Paul, uh, selling crypto zoo to his fan base, right? Some people under the age of 25 might understand what I'm saying. It's like Logan Paul selling crypto zoo to his fan base, right? That's a thing happening on YouTube where Logan Paul kind of made this weird, uh, coin, uh, project and kind of scammed everybody maybe by accident. But if I said that at a family reunion around family members of mine who are over the age of 40, they'll say, what are you talking, what is, what? What do you mean? So same language, different, the reference makes no sense to them, right? So that's, that's the main issue. That's a, all of this is a long way to say, the main issue is references. And so all you can do now is start to learn them. Watch more stand-up comedy. Watch more movies. Listen to podcasts. Read books. Ask questions. Make friends. Connect with people. Play Fortnite. Talk with people on Fortnite. Do all of those things to start to pick up those references. And no, you will never get all of them. Never, ever. It's too late but you can get a lot of them. And if you have a, an attitude of curiosity, if you have an attitude of asking, if you have an attitude of wanting to consume everything like a sponge, you're going to have a huge advantage. You're going to start to understand more things. Check out that episode, Darmok. It's such an interesting idea, right? Where, yes, we get the language, but still we don't understand. And it's because of the memes. And eventually, they're able to get off the planet because Picard realizes how the language works and he tells another story, the story of Gilgamesh, and that alien understands it and somehow that helps them get off the planet. I forget exactly how, but it's a great one. Check it out. Also, if you haven't done so, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe and check out my full courses in the links in the description. Darmok. Uh, when I get into a conversation, I always tend to create complex English structures instead of simple sentences without even realizing it. And then I'm messing up. What do you think my problem is? That's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I think I would need to hear more about I would need to hear you talk a little bit before I can answer that. It's a tough one. I wonder why. Maybe you need to slow down as you're speaking. Would that help if you just slow down a little bit and think through it? It's okay to pause. It's okay not to say anything. People can live with silence for less than seven seconds. <laughs> I think that's been scientifically proven. One, two... Six. Okay, no more. Then people get really uncomfortable. Why isn't he saying anything? <laughs> Connected speech. That's what I meant when I said mushing things together. Uh, that happens to me. I don't breathe properly sometimes. Yeah, that's also... That was my issue, I think, because I was just rushing and rushing, and I just... You just you have to breathe. You have to stop and breathe. <laughs> I forgot to breathe. I used to forget to breathe. That was an issue.
I'm B1, and I came to this level through listening and reading a lot. While speaking, I'm never translating my mother tongue in my head. Uh, Ferdy, that sounds great. Sounds like you've got it. Good strategy. But when I get into... Oh, then you... Yeah, the complex... The, so, okay. Yeah, I, I really want to hear you speak. I really would like to hear you speak more before I give any more advice. Um, all right. Wow. I wish I had a clamp for my phone. It's on a selfie stick. I wish I had a clamp. I could hold it steady because when I touch my phone, it kind of gets bumps, shakes, bumps. Now it's getting cold. There we go. That's going to be better. All right, folks. How old am I? I am 34. Friends, neighbors, I think we might call it a day. Time to have some lunch. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. I know this is a bit of a weird one. But uh, hopefully you find it, found it to be useful and interesting. Great questions. If I missed any, I apologize. We'll be back next Friday at our usual time in the studio, hopefully, if it's not, if the internet is not down and I have some great stuff planned. We'll do this week's plan next week. i uh, also be posting a video pretty shortly about... Uh, modern speaking trends which i think will be very interesting so look out for that so if you want to see that make sure you hit the uh, like button and subscribe and when you subscribe hit the bell so that then you get notified when there's a new video and uh if i missed your question bring it for next week and grab that free course in the links in the description natural english conversations that's a good one it's free, it's free, it's free. Feel free to join the Discord. That is also in the links in the description. It's free, it's free, it's free for now. Good place to hang out, practice English. So the Discord is called Cloud English. And I think that's about it. So have a good weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Hope you have fun. Take care, stay warm, stay cool. Whatever you're whatever you happen to be doing. And I'll see you in the next one.